check it out, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages, and everything in between. It's your boy, Chef Josh, here with another episode of The Family Cast. Food and music is life, yes? And boy, oh boy, do I got a fun one for you today, Mr. Chuck Robertson. Chuck Robertson of the band Mad Caddies is 26 years in the making with the Mad Caddies. He is doing a, not a solo record, a collaborative record. Chuck Robertson and Friends snippet of one of his new songs that you heard in the beginning there. Just a little bit, just a little bit, coming out soon. I got to talk to this guy. And we had a, we got deep. We went deep in this one. Um, I don't know what happened, but we just really vibed together. And he is, what can I say? He is releasing a record, Chuck Robertson and Friends. It's a collaborative musical effort with him and his buddies from up in Central California. And what do you do when you're hanging out during the pandemic? You make music if you're a musician. You're, if you're an artist, you make art. If you're a creator, you create. And that's what Chuck Robertson and his friends have done. So we talk about all that. We talk about Mad Caddies. We talk about Fat Records. Being parents, going through relationship trauma, all this kind of stuff in our lives. How do we handle it? What do we learn from it? Before we get into the episode, I want to say thanks for listening. I want to say, tell your friends about the show. Share it. I also want to say that our buddies... Remember Mr. Aaron Henderson from a previous episode, Public Square Coffee? They are fully, fully reopening. They fully like did a whole bunch of new stuff for you. Not just the listeners, but yes, my if my listeners go there and we meet, if I meet you there, I'll buy you a drink. I will buy you Public Square Coffee because I'm that proud of them for reopening. Yep, right here in my hometown, they are reopening this Friday um, for the 4th of July weekend. They'll be open ready to serve you at public square coffee. So be sure to check them out. What else? What do you got here? So I got some fun things in the works. Um, I'm not going to talk too much before the episode because I want you to hear about Chuck Robertson and my conversation. Caught him on a sunny morning over at his house. So here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Chuck Robertson from the Mad Caddies and Chuck Robertson and friends on the family cast. Voodoo music is live. Yes. Yes, indeed. Let's dig in. We we did it. We made it happen. I'm here with I'm here with Chuck Robertson in his his home. Is that your studio? Oh, like this a... is my house. I'm I'm sitting in my my kitchen. Oh, got it. Well, I saw that you got a gold record up on the wall, so I was like, must be. Well, it's a it's a fake one. I mean, it's not. It's from <laughs> it's from Fat Records. You know, it's actually a, it's a green record. It represents four hundred twenty thousand albums sold. So they <laughs> were certified green. Oh, got it. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. that's very um that's that's per- that's a perfect that's it's a new very category. fat very fat mike and he thought it was pretty funny he sent it to us i think it's pretty funny that's pretty awesome well congrats hey, on your green four, record <laughs> Four hundred twenty thousand, not bad right <laughs> it's still good it's still you know in 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 numbers terms that's over a quarter million so we, you're doing good plus right. not many bands can say they got a green album or right green record on their wall. it says certified green on it so. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow well congrats on that but you know you're you're definitely you're definitely in the mad caddies and you deserve that green record but we're here to talk about some new green greener pastures i guess if you will <laughs> or whatever sure. um uh are you are you drinking coffee right now mm, maybe are you already did you already did but i saw that well, i mean i don't i don't know what's in here i mean that's up to it the could be anything it could be anything it could be anything. yeah i mean no because people know i don't i don't drink whiskey or vodka but i mean there could be something other than coffee that's fine yeah i'm i'm a big supporter of uh the adult beverage industry but um <laughs> i uh i was just asking because i saw on your kickstarter you got you have chuck roast beans 
So I wanted to hopefully get into that a little bit of that in our conversation sure. because because we're here to do it's it's food and music is life. Yes. Yeah? So I try to do some pairings. And I know that uh -huh. you know, I know that you like to do your surf trips and your camping trips and you're very mm. outdoorsy. And you have apparently your own roast of beans now. So um, well, I don't first uh it's uh, the the wonderful people that are running my Kickstarter campaign mm -hmm. um, are friends with artisanal coffee roaster, and oh. um, so it's it's my name on the bag, but I did not have anything to do with producing the coffee. <laughs> okay, well, I was going to ask who's it's who's just a fun beans for you. Yeah, yeah, it's just a fun thing. But they're a local. Uh, they're not local here. They're actually from Pittsburgh, um, but they've okay. uh, done some coffee for bands before and they're punk rockers and they're into nice. coffee and music and it was just kind of a neat thing where like not many people have like done the coffee i see i just said like i'm trying not to say like that's true well, well <laughs> not and not a lot of people have done the coffee thing paired with music so i thought it was interesting and kind of just cool and nerdy and like yeah let's do it it is, it is. That's, <laughs> that and that's something i love uh, I, I had a, a few people on this show so far have been in the coffee industry or pairing pairing beans for bands and collaboration and stuff um does you see breweries doing it like beer beer collabs with bands and sure uh, that's a no-brainer you know beer yeah. sponsored bands yeah for sure but little do people think about like bands need a lot of coffee on tour too like we up. have to wake up we have <laughs> to wake, wake up, up. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. it keeps you regular um <laughs> oh yeah that too right <laughs> yeah so yeah but congrats on the kickstarter that's amazing you've surpassed your goal Thank you right. so much. Yeah, it was just uh, really, um, I, it was really nerve wracking to try to throw yourself out there by yourself for the first time. Totally. And, it, and I have a lot of gratitude for everybody that, that stepped up and pre-ordered the vinyl because that's essentially all we were doing is, or all we are doing is a vinyl pre-order campaign, you know? That's so rad. I don't, yeah. I don't have an out, I don't have a record label. I don't have a support. This is like just, you know, me and my, my management team. So it's really, really exciting to see the people like, okay, they want, they want to buy some vinyl. That's really nice. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's a, it's a good day. It's a good day and age to be doing music uh, where people are so into vinyl records and buying it for that. Right. But you also have, you have a lot of fans, like all your Mad Caddies fans are going to be helping out too, right? Um, sure. It's just, you know, everybody can get, uh, music now digitally mm -hmm. um so the the only physical product really is is vinyl and you know soft goods yeah. like t-shirt at shows and stickers and fun stuff yeah. like that but so it's interesting to see that there's still people interested in having the physical vinyl and i, I really like that because i love spinning records it's that's an active it's listening to music actively and when you do it with your friends over some beers and you have to flip the record i mean mm -hmm. it's just it's a fun yeah. thing very tangible way to to touch the artists uh um what you made for the for the listener really right and be and there for some people for some people even um if they don't listen to it it's just a cool piece of physical art to have and hold or hang on your that wall too. and that's that's yeah. the bonus that's the bonus yeah it. you know it's like right here i'll show you right here mate yeah I've never, I've never listened to this album but i bought it at a festival you know, Tom Waits. Tom Okay. And it just, I love to just look at this picture. I've never taken out of the plastic. You know, it still has the price. <laughs> I bought it from some gypsy at a Euro festival. And that's so awesome. I just, I, I enjoy it as a piece of art. It, it brings me joy in my life to look at that because that's I good. listen to the, I listen to the album on, on digital. You know, so yeah, some people buy the vinyl, but you get the digital download because, you know, right. 
but I think that the, like I said, the, the tangibility of your vinyl record in my hand is, a, is us paying respect to each other. Like you made it for me and I'm right. here playing it on my turntable, sitting Artist down, man. giving it the attention it deserves in the sequence that you put on the record, not just the shuffle. Right. Um, not, not just, just and, oh, I want to hear that song and that song, right. Well, yeah. And also giving money to the artist, not to some whoever's in charge of digitally, you know, doing it. Right. Well, um, having four people in between, it's like, no, just directly to the artist. Yeah, it's really yeah. neat. Like, Hey, we opened up a little shop on the internet. We sold some records. Isn't yeah, that exactly. Fun? When, right. when you're in control and the artist is right. in control, I that's have a little, I have a little bodega, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but that's really cool. And, and obviously, you know, you surpass that goal. So people are want people want your record. That's awesome. Yeah, and it, it's exciting. We're almost gonna hit. I mean, I, we're pretty sure we're gonna hit the colored vinyl goal because it's like, hey, if we're printing vinyl, let's make it colored and cool. You know, so that's nice. Really yeah. Cool. Well, congrats. Yeah. I, I I can see that definitely happening. Like like I said, this day and age, uh, I know some people who buy two of each one um, just to have a, a colored one and a ver another one, or to you know, I have friends that buy them and give them to other people who can't get the because it sells out. And right then, you know i'm right. like ah, exactly. i missed this one and some next thing you know somebody will trade me one of my records or whatever so it's just a really great time to be doing that i think um does this mean like are you kind of moving from mad caddies into chuck robertson and friends territory mostly now uh no it's just this all happened by chance because of the uh pandemic yeah um at mad caddies were set to go on our 25 anniversary tour last year i was literally in the car going to los angeles to go to sir to pick up our gear and go oh. open up for vlogging molly on a casino run and then fly to australia and then go to europe and then, i mean we were of course we had 120 shows booked oh all of Dang. them canceled <laughs> and Sucks. so i just i just literally turned around came home and this was you know march of last year mm -hmm. and um Took a few weeks, you know, had some barbecues and, you know, and there you go, drank some beers. And it, it was very interesting time because I'm from a small village, Los Olivos. Um, oh, yeah, in, I know that one. Do you know where Los Olivos is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. On the way, to, on the way up to Santa Maria. Yeah, exactly. So I'm from <laughs> that little wine tasting place. And perfect. When the pandemic hit, it was like, boom, nobody. So we were just like racing mini bikes and go karts through the street, like just lolling. <laughs> For like a month. And then I'm like, what am I going to do with my life? I'm like, And I started playing music with my buddies. And one of my buddies' mm -hmm. dad, like, I have a 63-year-old bass player. It's awesome, Frank. You know? Nice. And uh, the, drummer on, the drummer on the first record is also 63. And now we have a new drummer for the second album. But uh, yeah, I wrote, two, I wrote and recorded two records in one year because I had nothing else to do. So I, I just treated it like a job. And mm -hmm. I showed up every day to my buddy's studio to town and we just work and wrote music and like a lot of those guys do construction and stuff and so sometimes i'd have to wait till three or four until they got off work but yeah we just started putting in the work and all of a sudden th this music just kind of came out of nowhere and it wasn't Love i it. knew it wasn't mad caddies um, yeah. and we were all scattered around anyway and we had just put out an ep and so i'm like okay this this needs to find a place a home somewhere else and um, so it was very organic. It just happened. And I have two albums and we're working on like three and four right now that the music Whoa. won't stop. Yeah. yeah it's, 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 it's crazy. Overflowing. Yeah. I love that. It's, it's, there's an abundance of mm -hmm. music, um, of songs coming out of me um, the last year. And I think it's been bottled up for so long. And yeah. just with technology now, how easy it is to um, just, you know, record band practice on your iPhone. Um, 
and listen back. And I, mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like quality to release, but it, you can hear it well enough to be able to digest sure. the music when you get home and listen to it and then send it around text messages to all the guys. We're like, Oh, yeah. that's right. Let's work on that part. Let's change that. And exactly. It's just so easy. It's so easy. Now you don't have to spend a thousand dollars a day to go to a recording studio anymore. So. <laughs> especially, especially when you guys are like more on the organic acoustic side of instrumentation. Um, for the right. most part it's like you know not so so loud where you need yeah uh, where you need a private quiet. studio yeah. yeah but i mean it sounds really good like the recording was it prairie sun prairie studio what prairie sun oh um, well that's the second album that no one's heard yet the first one oh, we recorded it, it we, the first one we recorded in our home studio and okay. it, it sounds it sounds really really good in our home studio we just it don't does. have the gear we we had to bring in an engineer and brought in all the fancy mics and preamps and stuff oh, okay and computers to do it but uh but yeah and then the, the second album prairie sun we went up and did it totally organic old school we recorded through a neve board and like oh, beautiful oh uh, yeah we set up live and got all the drums and bass like live and then went back and overdubbed guitars and vocals but i mean we did old school and like that's what that's primus right. primus recorded faith no more tom waits yeah. i mean the eagles like so many nirvana so many mm -hmm. people have been in that studio and it's so rad I'd, I'd been wanting to go there for like 20 years and uh, the opportunity came to me. The engineer reached out to me. It was a friend of mine who got a job as an engineer there. And he's like, man, we got some time. We can give you the family deal. It's like February. Nice. And we rolled up there for a couple of weeks on like on a bro deal. And, and it was incredible. You get, to stay on yeah. this, <laughs> you get to stay on this old 10 acre chicken farm for two weeks and just record music. I mean, pretty neat. That's a nice, that's, that's a good way to do it. Cause so many studios are, in the city or like you know yeah. around all the around all these other distractions maybe vices mm -hmm. um it's good to be out in those those kind of places especially with a, a warm neve board at your you know at your hands and yeah they used to belong to pete townsend from the who it's like whoa <laughs> oh royalty um royalty yeah it's like right. sir pete townsend i'm pretty <laughs> sure i think it is sir you know all those well, guys got nice yeah totally are you i mean you know, I know that you have done Mad Caddies for more than two decades, but like, this is a quite a, you know, well, I mean, I take it back. Mad Caddies had that, um, you did a lot of Scott covers and stuff like that on your, some records and a whole mm -hmm. record of them on fat. Right. Um, but the Chuck Robertson friends has like a very, what Americana folksy central California kind of sound. Yeah. Like, um, thank you. You, you, you nailed it. That's cause yeah. I, I, I tried hard to think of how do I describe this? I'm like, I don't like the word folk, but I'm like, well, Americana, folk, okay. Central Coast rock. I mean, it's like Tom Petty meets Sublime, like my, no, my totally. sound. It's like what I grew up on, you know. Exactly. Like those just the the the, the chill waves of Central California. Um right. I, right. I I only because I know the area, but I do, and I do a lot of food stuff from from that area too. So um, but I think like I don't know, like I heard the songs and like your voice is so clean and like <laughs> I guess unexpected, maybe unexpected from from what people well, think of a ska punk singer to well, yeah, this music. I mean, I, Mad Caddies, we've always thrown our ballads in. Like some of our most popular songs are like yeah. pop reggae, you know. Yeah. And so, and the guys, you know, to be honest, the guys have pushed me for a long time to do this. This is a long time coming. Um, you know, they. I always wanted to have like a countryside project or a folk, yeah. you know, singer song acoustic e deal. You know, mm -hmm. a la Jack Johnson or Tom Petty or you know, uh, I'm a huge Wilco fan. Like my musical tastes are are vast. Right. <laughs> you right. know, 
like from gangster rap to metal to like pop country. I'm like, no, no, I don't like pop country. But I love country, you know. I mean, all country. Great. No, a new country. I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of Chris Stapleton and Sturgill Simpson. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I love country music because it's it's American folk music. It's storytelling. Yeah. I like the I like the stories and the, and the songs, totally. the lyrics. You know. Well, um, I feel like those guys, Chris Stapleton and Sturgill. I think I feel like they're a nod to the old school of country. Well, yeah, exactly. Waylon when you James. mean old country, I mean the old style. Not yeah. I mean, pop country now is like hip hop pop it's weird it's like Like, it's just garbage but party videos and stuff (laughs) well i mean just pop mostly pop music is pretty yeah like stuff that gets fed to the masses (laughs) so you're talking about eating food sure (laughs) exactly it's like don't feed them the the crap it's like take the good (laughs) stuff here go to the organic restaurant not the you know not the corporate place you know exactly so you're you're kind of like how do you like your food do you do you want do you want mcdonald's which is like you know crap country or do you want you know mad caddies which is like maybe some nice greens and an artisanal piece of meat you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly i love how you're doing the, the you're doing the food pairings uh i'm trying to we're doing the food pairings right yeah exactly well i was going to ask what like what do you like to take for food and drink on your on your surf trips and your camping trips and such like you know um okay so i used to be overweight in my 20s for a long time um oh. i I was 60 pounds heavier and uh, uh, I just didn't know how to eat. Uh, Once I moved out, I was just, I was raised on, my parents fed us healthy food. We had a garden and an orchard my whole life. I grew up on this little teensy little farm in this little village and we had 60 60 apple trees and I would grow to till the garden. (laughs) Plant food, grow it and eat it. And then when I was 17, it was just like, give me Burger King. I'm free and like drinking two liters of cola farva, you know, it's like, and I just like, I gained so much weight in my early twenties and then going on the road, you know, first time you get a tour bus, it's like, okay, I'll have chicken fried steak every night at the truck stop at three in the morning and just pass out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. With a Coke in my hand. Mm -hmm. just like, and then um, sometime in my late twenties, I had a wake up call. I just wasn't feeling well. My back hurt. And like, I just was way too heavy. And, um, I did a 10 day fast, a juice fast. And then I just completely changed my diet. I gave up sugar forever. I never, I mean, I'll have a bowl of ice cream once a month. That's about it. But I completely dropped, uh, stopped drinking soda and I switched to healthy, you know, proteins and vegetables and just changed the weight. And I lost a bunch of weight. It took about two years to get it all off, but it's never come back. Whoa. Nice. Yeah. And now I changed my, I guess I changed my relationship with food. Um, and yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I sometimes I won't eat for a day or two, not two, <laughs> two would be pushing it, but sometimes I just won't eat for a day. I do like intermittent fasting kind of like once a week. When I say a day, I mean like 24 hours, right? Cause you right. can time it while you sleep. So it's like, yeah, you eat breakfast one day and then you don't eat again until breakfast the next day or dinner, vice versa. Mm-hmm. And I felt it's, um, I just feel better. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's my, I changed my relationship with food, I guess is the point. And that's now I have a, I have a healthier relationship with it. And I, when I eat, I really think about what I'm going to eat. I'm like, okay, I want, you know, I want this, I want this. And it's, I like proteins and vegetables um, mostly because the carbs are what got me in trouble. And like, I tell people, I like to drink my bread. So. Right. Yeah. My carbohydrates are in a beverage form beer, which mm-hmm. is, you know, I don't drink hard alcohol. So I like to drink beer, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's uh that it's a balance 
it's, it works for me at least for weight wise. It's kept me in this place for like 10 years, which is, which is cool. Cause I felt like shit when I was fat. <laughs> right. So you, you treat, you treat yourself with, but with thoughtful intention of what you're going to intake, like whether it's what I'm going to put in my body. Yes. Ice cream once a month, whatever the case may be. Like that's a good perspective. People our age, you know, I think, you know, we're born in the seventies. I think now intermittent fasting is, um, it's good, acceptable. It's a thing. It's a now. good way. It's a good way to do it though, for our bodies, like right, in, right. for this age, like it's some exercise. Obviously we can't be gym freaks if we're having for like, I don't know, I guess you can be, but it's a good perspective to think about what you're eating. Of course, for anybody. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that, I think that's a good, good, just a good healthy choice too. If you're, if you're know that you're going to be intaking beer as your favorite thing, um, right you know, how much of that can I handle before I start to feel, feel like crap the next day or whatever. Right. It's right. different now when, now that I'm in my forties versus when I was in my twenties, for sure. That, sure. That's not a, that's not a cliche. It's your, your body is just can't. Yeah, there's this, there's this thing that happens in your thirties. It's called a hangover. And then you have, you didn't, you didn't know what that was in your twenties. Right. And then right. you're exactly. like, Oh wait, I'm ruined for three days. Like, no, 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 no. I never want to do that to myself again. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. I think, I, I believe that, uh, and it's, you know, your diet, how, how you've changed and like, you know, like you look like you're in pretty good shape, like it's going to affect the way you sing and perform too. Right. Yeah. Oh, I feel better. I can, it's interesting. I was just saying, um, you know, cause I take care of myself. I'm not a gym freak or anything, but I do mm -hmm. pushups and squats and I, you know, I do my, I take care of myself. Yeah. And I like to be outdoors. I love hiking and walking around. I look at my phone just on the ranch I live in. Sometimes if I'm just having a busy day in the garden, I'll look down at 15,000 steps today. Not bad. Well, you know? nice. like, yeah. Yeah. Like I wasn't even thinking about it. So yeah. Some people have to work um, for that. <laughs> yeah. But I noticed that when I got in shape 10 years ago, my performances with the mad caddies, I mean, doubled in quality. Yeah. As far as the energy I got to put out because I yeah, could yeah. dance and sing the whole time and not get tired. Cause before yep. when I was fat boy, I had all that mental energy and I wanted to give it out, but man, after an hour, I was pooped. I'm like, get me out of here. I got to lay down, man. I'm done. Yeah. And like now, um, my new band, Chuck Robertson and friends, we play three hour sets of brand Whoa. new music. Yeah. Nice. Three hours with, without repeating a song and all original music that we wrote in the last year. And I, I want to play four hours. Like you can't get me off the stage. I'm what, you know, it. it's like, it's like Bruce Springsteen. It's like, he does the three hour show. And by the end, people are like, okay, that's enough. We want to go home. You know? <laughs> but it's like, yeah, you can't get me off. And I'm like 43 and I feel better than I have in my entire life. Energy wise, and health wise. That's amazing. That's yeah. so good. That's so good. So, so, so many, a lot of congrats to you. You got your Kickstarter going, you got the band going, hey. going out. You lost all your weight. You're the best shape of your life. What's, what, what's next? Another another record in the works already probably with all these new songs yeah like. <laughs> yeah three and four no the only problem the only problem is that is the heartache i i you know emotionally i'm, I'm a wreck but everything oh. else going great <laughs> Heart, heartache from like uh I've, in I've personal got, life I, yeah i've got girl problems man I, ah. I i can't win i can't win for trying so you know yeah yeah but, hey, well, that, we just we just keep we just we just try to stay positive you know that, that that's a good that's a lot of good fodder for songwriting probably too right it will where do you think i got all these songs so <laughs> yeah yeah it's, i mean right. that's well even like i was listening to under me um that's yeah mm -hmm. it's pretty i mean it's 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 to me as a singer and listener it's like you can tell what it's about but like yeah. it's really 
it's emotional and it's it's a pretty song it's very pretty thank you thank you, you very know? much yeah i, I it like was, that it one. was meant, it was meant to be pretty and soft and sweet mm -hmm. oh well well mission accomplished because <laughs> I, I, I was listening to it and um, yeah, it's, is that a single base? Is that a single? Um, yeah. Off the new yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was written for my ex-girlfriend, Cassandra. Um, okay. After she broke up with me the first time and, <laughs> and then, but yeah, I, you know, she's a wonderful person. We just didn't work out great artist and inspired me. She inspired me to write a bunch of music. And so I'm very thankful for that. It's really cool. Yeah. yeah, I was going to ask, like, I mean, I couldn't tell if it was like someone you're currently with or like an ex or could it be just written, you know, ambiguously for anybody. But, you know, it sounds like it's pretty deep and personal. But yeah, it was, it was very personal. Do yeah. you think that? Yeah. Do you think that as a songwriter over the course of your career that you've had some of those like like where you can tell in the performance that it's a super deeply personal, you know, just like the way the lyrics come out the way you perform it like have you ever i don't know have you ever cried on stage for example <laughs> that's a really good question man um i i must i mean i'm a crier like i'll cry at happy stuff sad stuff i just i can cry <laughs> i could be yeah. a soap I, could, I should go to down to los angeles and just get a job and be a soap actor so i can make some real money <laughs> i can just cry whenever i want movie previews i literally <laughs> i think i gave myself an ear infection last week from crying myself to sleep Oh. <laughs> um, but no, a, a, there there are a few Mad Caddy songs that that were very personal, like "Drinking mm -hmm. for 11 That that was written about you know uh, an ex love, and and some are are very personal, and then others are meant to be more um, broad, you know, in open to interpretation. I guess I would say. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, but these songs, all of these new songs with Chuck Roberts and her friends, they're they're super personal and, and yeah. most of them very literal. They're very literal. So. Definitely. I, I like that. Um, is it gonna, I just had to friends. throw myself out there. I mean, if you're going to do the solo thing, you might as well just go, you know, yeah. Bear it all. Like Bear it all. Yeah. Throw yourself out there. That's yeah. rad. Um, it, the and friends part, does that mean, is it going to be kind of rotating members or is it like very collaborative? Yeah, it, it, it already is. It, just because you know there's a different drummer on the second record i just added a third guitar player um, my buddy jesse because i needed a background singer because mm. i did most of the um harmonies on the album myself or my uh, the bass player graham from mad caddies he's playing piano on the album in organ okay. and he did some background vocals but he's got a baby and super busy he's not going to be able to do any of these shows with me this year mm. so i needed a background singer because i mean I, the choruses don't make any sense without a harmony. I mean, it's just not as fun. <laughs> it's, you, you need that harmony. Yeah. You know, I love doing duets. I've always had a background singer in Matt Caddy's, you know, Keith, our trumpet player, um, <laughs> did it for years and then Graham took over my bass player. And so I need that sweet high voice right behind me on all those choruses. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, the and friends thing, it just kind of left it. So like we can just have an open door and have as many people come and go and just make it just like a, a community party. It's just, that's cool. it's really cool. Cause that's how the band started. We were just all sitting around playing. I'm like, all right, let's get in the band room. And then within a few months, we're like, oh, we should probably record these songs. We've got something here. <laughs> yeah. And then we did the first yeah. album. And then it was like, oh my God, we've got another album at Christmas. We should probably go up to Prairie Sun and do another one, man. I'm like the pandemic's not ending we can't play any shows let's go make another record okay <laughs> just kept digging deeper in our pockets we're like okay that's my life savings it's gone now but we got two <laughs> albums that's cool yeah 
It, well, in that, do you when the records come out, are you do you have any do you have touring plans um, to play these shows out live at all or like in like uh, yeah small tour we have or? A, yeah it's really exciting we have a, a September tour uh, co headlining tour with my friend um, John Snodgrass oh and he's from a band called Drag the River totally. and, uh, you know John yeah I mean he's great and I caught him out here a couple weeks ago I saw on social media that he was out here like going to baseball games and recording music I'm like no way and I called him up I'm like dude you got to change your ticket. I have these two duets I just wrote, these two country songs that I just wrote like last month. And I go, I, I wrote them with your harmony in my head. Stop. And he just texted me. That's so funny. John Snyder. We're, we're talking about you, John. <laughs> John. And uh, I go, I wrote these two duets, dude, and you got to come sing with me. And he's like, okay, I'll drink my ticket, man. And he came to Goleta <laughs> a couple of weeks ago and we cut these two duets and they're beautiful. And we're just about to put the drums and bass on them. It's uh, just acoustic right now. And I mean, so one good. of them... Dude, one of them makes me cry. And we've, I've already made girls cry singing it. I played it live a couple of times in town. Like, cause we just do these wine, free wine country shows in Los Livos like every weekend. What? I got to come up. For, <laughs> yeah. We just play for the tourists for free. We just throw out a tip jar. And, you know, it's just, why not have band practice in front of people and, you know, make some yeah. tip money. It's kind of cool. That's <laughs> yeah. 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 And we just play out for free in the park. But um, like this, I wrote one of the saddest songs, I think maybe in the last 10 years dang it's so sad dude you, you're just like oh no you're like i did it so i did it and it's john and it's john and i singing together and our voices oh. i'm like the second the second i heard him lay down the first harmony i started crying and i had to walk out of the studio and go like collect myself i'm That's like awesome. i've been waiting 20 years to do a duet with it something and, about yeah. his voice um i don't know if it's like the tom waitsy part of his voice or like yeah he can yeah. he can really draw it out smoke yeah it's like yeah aged oak barrel whiskey smoked it's like oh man i mean yeah. my voice is broke my voice is roached this morning right now i'm talking to you because i sang for six hours at band practice yesterday like we, we had a long day that's, and a, long, so like, that's a lot of I singing I, talk, I hope i can talk on the podcast because i'm pretty roached <laughs> no it sounds i think it sounds cool like um like when he sings with joey um scorpios and like or i see him live it's like that's such a perfect blend of yeah and uh, like i can't wait to hear uh, with yours uh uh what you know because he i don't know i just he he plays the guitar like a like the guitar is a singer also and uh you know he's just i don't know what it is i i like that rasp i i when i sing i have that rasp a little bit too but i can't get i can't get as raspy as he does right you know no he's so, got he's got it that's it, awesome yeah I'm really, so we're doing a west coast tour in september september 2nd san diego casbah and we're doing LA, oh, San Pedro, um, Los Olivos. We're doing two days in our hometown on Labor Day. And then we go up Santa Cruz, Berkeley, Sonoma, Sacramento. Like we're doing a fun little West Coast run together. Two weekends. Yeah. Me and John, it just all happened organically. We like we decided when we did the two duets, like, okay, we'll drop these songs in August, like a month before our tour. Put out a cool little digital EP, I mean, a digital seven inch, John and I. Okay. And then, then we'll get to sing the two songs at the end of the show together. You know, it'd be so fun. And that's a, and he's that, one of my he's one of my favorite human beings on planet Earth. Like he's the nicest guy. I've known him like 25 years now. It's just that's so rad. Amazing, amazing man. That's so cool. And you're not the first person to say that about John either. Like that's oh, that's he's a he's a popular guy. I have to share <laughs> him with a lot of other like bromance dudes. You know? Share the love. <laughs> I have to share the love with him. Share the John. Share the yeah. John. Um exactly. that's cool. Like, how did you how did you even like I mean, these are like all independent releases. They're not on a label. They're not connected to a label at all, right? 
So how does that work these days with like distributing it out? Is it all Kickstarter mail order or? Really fucking complicated. <laughs> that's, I was, that's what I was wondering. Cause when you, when you reach your goal on Kickstarter and then you have to fulfill all the orders, if there's not a distributor or a label, is that coming right. all out of your garage or like, how does that yeah, work? So I'm just like, I'm going to go in a garage and I'm going to make the vinyl and I'm going to box Besides that up. part, besides <laughs> the vinyl. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I no, I couldn't have done this on my own at all. Um, I hired a company to run the Kickstarter. Oh, um, these and it's um, basically they act as a temporary record label, and okay. so they run the campaign for you. They do the social media, and then they fulfill the orders for the vinyl and the T-shirts and all the stuff. Oh, sick! And then they, yeah, and they so they they act as basically your te- temporary record company, and so. But dude, I would never, the reason I never did a Kickstarter is because I'm like, how am I going to fulfill all this stuff? I can't <laughs> ship t-shirts and do this stuff. Yeah. No band yeah. guy, no artist can do that. I mean, maybe if you're a superstar badass, but it's like, no. And so you leave it to the professionals and you uh-huh. hire a company and they do it. And they've done a really great job. It's been a pleasure to work for them. And it's so mm-hmm. cool. And they've run like hundreds of campaigns. That's what they do. And they're punk rockers. They're our age. They used to play in bands. And so they know the scene. And it's just like, yeah. dude, rad. Like what a cool little business, you know? They help bands do Kickstarters and they good. Fulfill, fulfill, fulfill all the orders and act as like they're providing a great service, essentially. Can you say which company it is? Well, yeah, Craft Services, sure. And, uh, oh, okay. Shout, I want to shout them out. Shout out, to craft, shout out to Craft Services. Yeah, Jim and Steve, they're, they're great. And it's been okay. a pleasure to work with them. Yeah. Got it. In my world, Craft Services is the people who make the food for the, for the artists you know right like well, so these guys these guys are like providing the science tech the social media all the stuff that musicians can't figure out who are 43 years old who didn't grow up on you know right yeah doing this stuff since they were five and it's like yeah they, these guys yeah it's just it's it's really cool that's awesome a one-stop shop um yeah for- <laughs> well that's it, it's it's essentially the modern world right because it's like fans want to you know, direct you want to directly market to your fans and your mm-hmm. fans want to give you the money directly mm-hmm. to you like why should it go through a distributor and a middleman and a record store and all this stuff because back in the day it's like you know you used to pay 16 bucks for an album right at a store a cd yeah yeah when we grew up when we came up right mm-hmm. well dude the band was lucky to get two dollars from that oh yeah oh yeah so what what happened to the other 14 dollars that's just waste and if the fans knew they could just give the band like 10 bucks directly, people will do it all day because like, I, oh, yeah. I, I want to support the artists. I'm a huge mm-hmm. music fan. I, you know, I buy albums. I download music. I stream music. I, you know, oh, yeah. like their social media, go do great album. Awesome. Congratulations. You know, it's like, exactly. I'm a, a huge fan of music and the system has Same. been broken for a long time, you know, since the days of, you know, blacks, black exploitation you know exploiting all the black blues artists and, and the mm-hmm. r&b guys in the beginning you know yeah giving them 500 bucks and then somebody makes 100 million dollars for in perpetuity off that song and they got yeah. nothing yeah it's like dude no and, you know what tom petty went through having to like start his own record company because mm-hmm. they they you know, screwed him one of my really good friends and i will not say his name because he's <laughs> very very famous Mm-hmm. His voice was owned by Capitol Records for 10 years and he could not perform under his name for 10 fucking years. Oh. And so he had to sucks. go write songs for other he had to go write songs for other people. But he has platinum records hanging on as well. So he still right. won. But he just got his voice back. Like someone owned his voice for 10 years. I mean, this is wrong. What an evil industry. That's preying awesome. on artists. 
Yeah, yeah. So it's really it's really exciting now that things have changed and the artists are getting the power back in their hands just mm -hmm. by technology from social media platforms. It's really cool time, you know, and things are changing and they should because we don't nice. need big, ugly dinosaur record companies. We've been lucky to be on Fat Records. They're awesome, dude. I mean, yeah. Fat's the best. It's like a 50-50 deal. I haven't had a contract with them in 20 years. It's a handshake. <laughs> you know? it's like, yeah, they're the best. They're family, you know, and they're necessary. And yeah. There is still there is still a space for independent record labels. It's just these giant, you know, major labels that just rip artists off. It's like, no, it's no good. Mm -hmm. I know. How, how did you, you, I mean, that's so crazy. Like, I was going to ask how the relationship was with them, but it seems like, it seems like you guys, Mad Caddies did pretty well on fat. Like, you know, overall, like yeah. records oh, and streaming. We, we mean, wouldn't exist without them. Yeah. They're family. They're, I mean, yeah. Mike, Mike and Aaron are, and the people, some of the guys that have been there. I mean, we've known them 25 years now. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it's literally family. That's and awesome. yeah, they're, we could not have done it without them. And we still, I mean, Mad Caddies, we're never going to go anywhere else. Anything we put out ever is going to be on fat records. It's like, it's awesome. Yeah. It's just, that's our home. You know? A love story. A love story. <laughs> cause, yeah. cause like you said, with the other labels and stuff like that, I mean, was there, was there ever any interest of a major pulling Mad Caddies up, you know, mm -hmm. during the heyday of, of, of yeah. Stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I, we've, I never, I maybe talked about it a couple of times in every, but yeah, we had a half million dollar major label offer in 98. And Kevin Lyman at the time was our manager, the owner of the Warp Tour. Mm -hmm. And he loved, cause he loved the caddies. He loved ska music and he's like super cool guy. I love him. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, it's funny. Okay. I'll tell the story. Let me get it right. Let me be thoughtful about this for a moment. Um, so it was just Kevin and I, and we're sitting there and it's Warp Tour 98. And we've already got our second album out on Fat Duck and Covers out, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, He's like, yeah, I got you this deal. It wasn't Capital. I, it doesn't matter what label it was, but it was one of the big ones. He's like, you know, you could do the whole thing of like wasting five years touring around in a van, building your band up like the old school way. Or you could sign this and like just go right to radio and like have a career. And I'm like, yeah, but I love fat records. I grew up on fat. I love no facts. You know, fat Mike's my friend now. Cause I'm like, you know, 21, <laughs> I'm all enamored that fat Mike's yeah. like my buddy and my boss. And, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, I, I, I think the fat records route's better for us. And, and Kevin goes, you know, fat Mike likes to play a lot of golf. I'm like, yeah, me too. <laughs> I like playing golf with him. <laughs> and so we went with fat and I was just talking about the other day. And basically the difference is I, I think if I, if I could play it, if we went the other way, you know, choose your own adventure style. Like if we went with the major label deal, like what would have happened? Well, Lesson Jake did it and Real Big Fish did it and Save Ferris did it. Well, guess what? They have real gold records hanging on the wall and they had a little bit bigger of a career than us. Not even a little, a lot bigger, in, especially in the US. Yeah. Um, it's basically, it's weird. Mad Caddy's like, if you're a big ska punk fan, like, half the people in the u.s have never heard of the mad caddies hmm. like we we made it in canada we made it in europe we made it on both coasts but we didn't make it in peoria you know yeah. it's like if real big fish if real big fish goes and plays you know st louis missouri there's a thousand people there if mad caddies play there there's like 180 it's like huh. we just we just got skipped we were like ah so 
if we would have done the major label thing, we might have been bigger, but I don't know. We might not st- still be a band because right. we we did it the old school way. I mean, and we became a family by living in a van together for the first five years and then making it to the tour bus. You know, well, first the RV and then the tour bus. And you're like, uh-huh. we made it. We're on a bus, boys. <laughs> <laughs> we got a generator and a driver. <laughs> we can drink all the beer we want now. Because <laughs> I used to be lead singer manager and the fucking bus driver man i'd drive mm-hmm. i'd sing the show those guys would get hammered go to sleep and then i have to drive over the rockies like by myself like oh my god all night brutal i'm like yeah because i'm like we got to get there no one else is going to do it we can't afford help you know so mm-hmm. that was the old school but i think a lot of that is why karmically we're still a band and people still like us and we still get along together you know yeah we're family it's tw- it's 26 years now Matt Caddies and Congrats. that's cool that's a yeah. long tip you know it and is. we all we all still love each other it's great we've had our problems we've had our up and downs you know just like any marriage or family mm-hmm. but you know it's at the end of the day we're all still here that's so rad and we're right. really excited to play shows again because yeah 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 so it's kind of circling back to that yeah no Mad Caddy's still full on this is just now I have a another thing which is neat because everybody needs other things you can't just have one thing do you write you're going to write songs specifically for mad caddies versus chuck robertson and friends like you're gonna write songs like don't overlap no overlap yeah and you know to be honest i kind of hogged up the songwriting on the last record it was all like all about my ex-wife and stuff so i'm like i gotta let the other guys write some songs i guess sasha has a ton of new songs i'm really excited to hear them so yeah the world our is drummer ready. writes songs our bass player writes songs and we're all song. We mad caddies is very collaborative you know mm-hmm. and that's why i needed this outlet with chuck robertson and friends so i could have my selfish you know lovey-dovey <laughs> you know heartbreak songs so i could you know because mad caddies is, is really a group effort you know are you um i know you said graham is playing piano in chuck robertson and friends but are there other mad caddies members in chuck robertson and friends doing anything um just graham yeah but a childhood friend of mine, um, Gray Bear Erickson, shout out to Gray Bear. Whoop, whoop. He, uh, <laughs> he produced and recorded the whole record and he's all over the record on slide guitar and stuff. He's like an insane guitar player. So, yeah. so there's actually three guitars on the first record because it's me, my lead guitar player, Nick, and then our engineer put a bunch of guitar on there too. So, um, and then now we actually have a third guitar player, Jesse, in the band. So nice he's good and he's a song and he's really cool the reason i got him in the band because like i said i needed a singer Mm -hmm. um but he's also an amazing songwriter and he writes like um on classical guitar like kind of loopy picking arpeggiated riffs and um, instantly we already had like four more songs in a couple weeks because he joined the band i'm like oh cool more riffs because the way i work i just hear a riff and i instantly start thinking of a melody and then words start coming out of my mouth but i don't know what i'm saying yet and then once I have the melody and the timing, and then I start thinking of the words that will match and start writing stuff down, but it's just a very organic process. And when you get a new player in the band, it's just so exciting. You're like, dude, yeah, I've never heard anybody do riffs like that. And Nick's like, dude, this is good. I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and he's young too. He's 29. We, we had to get a kid in the band, you know, so we can call go. him kid, little brother. Like, the rookie. Yeah, yeah. We're, <laughs> yeah, we're the drummer's 33 got 29 then our bass player's 63 and then me and the guitar players are about 43 all right this is a good mix good mix yeah yeah it's a multi-generational operation (laughs) i love it are you that's cool like i can't wait to hear all that because like you know 
every time you keep every time you keep telling me about a new art uh, musician that joins your band i'm like i could see how that's would add to the songs that i've heard or whatever or like john or whatever the case may be and you know yeah so yeah. exciting also. it's cool to do with and friends because it's you can collab you know joey can come on eventually or like you know even fat mike for for god's sakes or whatever you know like it's so open to that interpretation yeah secret secret songwriters you know whatever like you said yeah well that that was the point and shout out to my manager melanie in canada um because we deliberated for like two months what are mm -hmm. we going to call this band chuck robertson and the contractors chuck robertson the pipe players what i mean chuck robertson and the blah 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 and it's like uh-uh and then melanie's like how about just chuck robertson and friends eh i go <laughs> She goes, because that way you can have, because that way you can have as many of your friends come and go and yeah. you don't have to change your band name. I go, fucking brilliant. Done. And I was just like, I knew the second she said it, I was just like, done. Genius. And then, genius. And then, because John Snodgrass, it's like John Snodgrass and buddies. And now it's Chuck Robertson and friends. Aww. So we already have a thing. Every time he calls me, he goes, hey, buddy. I go, hey, friend. <laughs> <laughs> Super collab. Yeah, I love it. All the buddies and pals together. Or buddies and mm -hmm. friends um but yeah like are you um do you write i know they're like love and emotional stuff but are you do you do any kind of songwriting that's like i don't know talking about your your psycho spiritual religious political anything like that that's like not not in uh in your heart like something that's more like something oh even, for sure you know like, like more, es more message, esoteric message. more esoteric yeah yeah for sure no, um, like it's exciting. Like, um, excuse me, I'm just gonna open my window because I'm smoking a joint. I realize I should open my window. <laughs> <Air it out. laughs> yeah. Um, kids coming over later. Dad's loves to smell like weed. <laughs> um, Papa. Yeah. Um. On the second album, I got into like I wrote this song called "Whales and Weed." Funny, I just mentioned my son. Um, but uh it's called whales and weed and it's about um, when i redid my driveway last year um we had to dig down 15 feet with a tractor and we discovered like six million year old whale vertebrae like 50 pound fossilized whale bone on my property oh, nice uh -huh. trip me out i'm like whoa because i've been finding it my life whole life at the beach it's fun you find fossils whale bone i have like uh -huh. 50 of them out on my front porch here i'll show you one right here <laughs> you know that's oh uh, my gosh it's incredible whale yeah. so anyway it's super fun um i'm just a nerd yeah. i love finding arrowheads and whalebone i'm like a geology well, yeah. amateur geology nerd but um so we we dug up this whalebone i'm like whoa and it changed my perspective i you know my family's had this land for like 25 years and i moved back and bought it in like 13 years ago but i never thought about the landscape in this way and once i realized that there was a dead whale on my property it just i like looked out and i'm like oh six million years ago this was the sea i'm like yeah. the river came in from the ocean 30 miles and this used to look like the delta like the san francisco bay and mm -hmm. there's dead whales on my fucking property man and i'm like yeah and like mind blown yeah yeah mind blown. and so i uh the next day i went and found another piece because i'm like wait a minute we cut a road 20 years ago like over there there could be more of this and I literally found the matching piece that was like sitting out in the sun. And then a week later, my son, and then my son became obsessed with it. He was like, he's six now. This was like two years ago. Yeah. He was like four. <laughs> he's just walking around. He's walking around going, Papa, is that whalebone? Papa, is that whalebone? Papa, is oh, that yeah. whalebone? Oh, no, no, no. And then one day he's like, Papa, is that whalebone? I'm like, oh, 
I think it is. We better go get a shovel. And he dug up the third piece. And I'm like, hmm. so we found three pieces of the whale that died on this property six million years ago. Oh my gosh. And so cool. And I wrote a song about it. And it's called Whales and Weed. <laughs> and the chorus that's... is just like, uh, yeah, six million years ago, this was the sea. Now it's where I lay my head and grow my weed. It's where me and my son plant our seeds. And the last one in the canyon is going to bury me. <laughs> it's like, Talk yeah. about the future. Heavy, heavy. It's so fun to play. I love that song. That's yeah, awesome. so songs like that. And then, yeah, totally. I mean, I try to keep half of my stuff, just the selfish heartbreak, blah, 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 mm -hmm. woes mm -hmm. me stuff, you know, <laughs> and then try to write about other positive, cool things. Like I have a song called Sunshine Garden, which is basically just like, might as well be, don't worry, be happy. It's just like fucking clean air for your children, like grow good food, be happy, love each other. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm all about it. It's just peace and love, man. I mean, Positive. I only run on, I only run on 1% hate, you know, you gotta have 1% <laughs> hate because otherwise, you know, you're going to get knocked down, but. Because too, too, too much happiness is like naive, naivety a little bit. Nativity, exactly. Some, or some, nativity. Some... Naivete, you're right. You said it correct. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, it's all right. Well, it's the darkness, right. <laughs> the dark, the darkness, the darkness is real, man. It's out there. So it's like, we yeah. have to acknowledge it. We have to acknowledge the darkness in all of our hearts to accept the love. You know. Was that something that was taught to you in your in your life in your household in your family? Did you have a musical family growing up, like positive kind of hippie vibe family or spiritual? Yeah. Or like that? My, my, my mom, my mom and dad were are yeah totally they were hippies for sure you know they're baby boomers they're hippie and you know my family still lives next door to me on property next door oh, okay family's family yeah. <laughs> yeah um but uh yeah no musically my it's interesting my mom and dad didn't play instruments but they were huge fans of music so there's always music going in the household yeah. we would dance we'd sing on car trips it was just carpool karaoke the whole way to tahoe for eight hours before yeah. the end we're just singing to the beat rocky raccoon the beatles and, yeah yeah. Tom Petty, Queen, you know, Grateful Dead. Like, my, I was a big, my mom was a big Neil Young fan. So I, I loved Neil Young and Tom Petty. And like, those were my two kind of hero guys. Yeah. Cause Neil yeah. Young proved that he, Neil Young proved that he didn't have to know how to sing to be famous. He just had not a read good songs. He has a <laughs> shitty boy. It's like the best songs ever, you know? <laughs> yeah. That, that instilled in you the, this, the, this Americana folksy kind of heartfelt yeah. vibe of, I grew, you know, I grew up on the song, listening to the lyrics you know, mm -hmm. letting the music touch you, you know, the first time a song makes you cry, you're like, whoa. Yeah. It, it, well, music is the language of the universe. And I think it's interesting as we're finding out more and more about quantum physics and about the UFO phenomenon now, really exciting. That's all I'm watching the news. Um, <laughs> is that, you know, the, the universe is on the quantum level, on the molecular level, it's, it's all vibration. Mm. And so everything is vibrating on a frequency and so music is the language of the universe it's i mean it, it literally affects us on a cellular level it's Correct. crazy it's Correct. very yeah very just like food you know yeah totally it, i'm i'm working on a series with my wife she's an art therapist and i'm trying to figure out the musical like the therapy of music like not music therapy in in sense but like what you're saying is like it affects your affects your core being when you hear your core things. being it, so, it affects who you are and and it's like a time uh, think about when a song comes up and it, and it brings up a memory from your past exactly oh i mean it's like time markers it's like it, it could bring up trauma 
trauma or joy. You can bring up love, joy, a certain smell. Indif- in- indifference of a dark time where you're like, oh, remember when I was all bummed out? Yeah. Or even when you hear songs from your youth, when you're like 17 and coming up in punk rock, you're like, oh my gosh, I used to rage so hard to this song. And now you hear it, you're oh, like, yeah. you're like, what are they saying? Like, or whatever, right. or it's like, but you remember it oh. and you, you get filled with it. The, the, you get the dopamine rush of hearing, you say, get the dopamine rush, right? maybe something like Brohim or Metallica or something like, it's oh, so yeah. funny you just brought that up. I hadn't, I hadn't heard gutter mouth in like 10 years. And like somebody was playing gutter mouth like yesterday. And I was like, oh my God, I was flashing back. Just like driving to city college at 17. Just like, yeah, da, 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 singing every lyric, but smoking cigarettes. Just like, I'm a punk rocker, you know? Yeah. Like that, I was like, oh my God, that was my youth. It was like gutter mouth, lag wagon, pulling off facts, mm-hmm. you know? Exactly. Like going to the beach, going to school, like, let's go. You know, driving let's too go. fast everywhere. Yeah, just amped up, just full of exactly. testosterone. No, nothing up here. Just like, oh God. <laughs> we're, exactly. we're lucky. We were lucky. We made it to our 40s, brother. It's like, man. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> Boom. Cheers to that. I think, <laughs> I think that, I think that, you know, we're old and full of wisdom now. If, if Exactly. And, and a lot uh, calmer. A lot calmer and we realize i think what the music actually did for us or can do for people um yeah i i do it food and music pairings like intentionally like like if i was to play your music your new music you know chuck robertson and friends music like i would i could pair that with certain events that i do like and really sure. bring a vibe to and the bring event a vibe. yeah right. whereas if right. i did obviously if i did a mad caddies pairing it would be it maybe would a lot be more totally different we'd be skanking right. we'd be just yeah. mocking us. right <laughs> But I think well, that you know what's what's interesting. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Oh no, I was just gonna say like I think as we mature as songwriters, there's a time and a place for our emotions to to come out of the uh, out of the instrument, out of your lyrics. Uh, if you're writing about the, the times, if you're writing kitchen. about all the stuff that's happening in your kitchen or in the world, sure. or you know, you could say this is really crappy, or how are we gonna change this? Or I have kids now. What am I gonna tell them about the song that I wrote? You right. know, what does this song mean, Dad? Well, let me tell you, son. Right. Right. You know? right. So. I don't know. I think that we're we have a really good opportunity at, at this age to to really you know make a different mark in in our songwriting than we did when we were say starting at seventeen or eighteen. You know, like when you just right. want to sing about whatever. Now I want Preppy to sing girls, about... fuck the jocks. Preppy girls, fuck you, <laughs> we fuck the cops. You know, those are all yeah. my first songs. We're like, fuck the cops, fuck the jocks, fuck the preppy girls. I'm so angry. <laughs> I have so much teenage angst. <laughs> yeah, and and where did all that angst go? Like it just turned into like. You wanted to explore love. your land, peace, love. peace and love, and just like a, a, a lust for life and just exploration. Mm. And like, okay, how do we just get through every day with trying to live in the moment and stay positive and love, you know, love my community? I'm lucky to have such a cool small community. I mean, I was essentially unaffected by the pandemic, other than mm. my band got canceled. So right, yeah. But this happened. But as far as like the disease part, it's like we didn't have to fucking lock down. We just kept barbecuing, dude stayed outside once we heard that you can't get it outside like after the first month like nothing changed we hung out with 20 people every day outside mm-hmm. but it's different you know as californians we live outside mm-hmm. like i'm literally yeah. in my house to sleep and shower and that's it otherwise i'm outside like, yeah for me i live outside i sit outside all day um so i'm only inside to rehearse and sleep kind of and do podcasts (laughs) (laughs) well your area of california is also it might be lesser known to some people but it's really like one of the most beautiful parts of the state um yeah well most beautiful parts of the world i've been to 70 countries and i there's a reason i still live here i mean it's just (laughs) exactly yeah Um, the central coast is just this little bubble of you know mm -hmm. 
of uh yeah it's wonderful i mean we have yeah. we have our problems now like certain neighborhoods now like cars get broken into and stuff because there's a casino indian casino you know and so there's like some meth heads around but mm. we're just trying to do some smash and grab stuff but other than that it's like i leave my keys in my car and my wallet in my car and my, i never yeah. lock my but i i live on a rural piece of property i'm at the end of a one mile road but it's mm. like so the worst thing that happens around here in neighborhoods is like some kids or meth heads break into some cars but that's a yeah like pretty it's bucolic it's safe it's nice and, and it's just close to the beach and and the the weather's perfect yeah it totally is wine country we, we can't yeah it's why we can't complain i mean it's, no, you no. know and we get to be the locals you know because we're born and raised here so we're like the okies sitting there in los libos watching all these ridiculous tourists every day these women from los angeles come up you know dressed in the high heels and the dresses yeah. and the stuff like god you guys are ridiculous but it's you know thanks for the free show it's pretty funny to look at you people (laughs) go drinking your wine (laughs) oh it's so fancy yeah you never made alcoholism look so sexy you know (laughs) it's 11 a.m and you guys are already smashed smashed on on rosé and stuff but on rosé oh no i just i started with the pink and the whites and then i went to the red i'm like yeah it's just drinking come on let's be real (laughs) I, i i got two more two more questions for you Two more things okay, for you. Yeah. I need to know what's your like favorite record in your album collection of you know besides Mad Caddies and Chuck Robertson and Friends. Like one that you own. You showed me that Tom Waits one, but is there mm-hmm. one record in your collection that's very like just like comes to the first thing in your mind? And then the second question will be like, what's it? What's like a nugget of wisdom you learned from your family or from your upbringing that you could still use to this day and teach your kids and stuff like that too. So those are the two kind of closing okay. things. Well, to be honest, like I'm not a vinyl collector and I, I don't even have a record player. We spin records at Graham's house and all my okay. buddy's house. Cool. So as, as far as my. Or CDs, favorite, whatever. Just- yeah. Yeah. My, my favorite album. Man, that is a really hard question. It's a good question. It's just really hard. Or, or at least the first one that comes to your mind, you know? Yeah. Um, that's usually when it means a lot to you. Well, you know what? No, I just thought of it. Um, no, my, my favorite album of like the last say five or six years and an album's almost 20 years old um, is Wilco sky blue sky. And that, that record changed me. Um, It got me through uh, my divorce. Um, It got me through months of sobriety and like, you know, mental health stuff and working out hard and just like, yeah, Yeah. that was my album sky blue sky. And it still is. And talk about when like, I'm almost like getting teary thinking about that record because I haven't listened to it in like a year. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah yeah for sure that's amazing have you ever, are you ever gonna have you tried to or talk to you know collab with jeff tweedy at all or no know? i've never reached out to him but he's my fucking hero man <laughs> yeah that's awesome yeah i mean yeah yeah that's um that's amazing that you know you can still just talk and just say the record and get you know emotional um yeah show, i can't show, believe show. i actually got emotional well it, no that's good about- I'm in stuff. It was a divorce. It was my mm-hmm. son was super young. It was a, the hardest time of my adult life. Yeah. But yeah. I got through it. I'm here. You know, here we are. Sky blue sky, man. Um, sky blue sky. Yeah. That means they, they nailed it. They did. And um, so is that as a, that the reason I was asking that because is as a songwriter yourself, is that something that you kind of aspire to write a record like that? Like something yeah, that's going to just was, bring emotion that- out? Like he's that. the one that showed opened the door for me and showed me that it was possible to write music like that and be accepted because i always wanted to write music like that but i didn't want to be like 
oh, it's not punk, it's not ska, it's not cool. Like you're just trying to be like Tom Petty, you're just like your regular yeah. dork. And I'm like, okay, no, you can't think about it like that way. I'm like, you have to, I like all types of music. It's like, yeah. I don't just sit around and listen to ska and punk. It's like, come on. <laughs> it's like, I like it, but I don't just right. listen to that. So yeah. yeah. He, yeah, Jeff Tweedy really, really inspired me to, to expand my songwriting capabilities. Good. Yeah. That's awesome. Good, Good job, Jeff. You know. Thanks, Jeff. Shout out <laughs> to Mr. Jeff Tweedy. And you know, I've watched interviews with him and he's a fucking anxiety mess. He says he like still gets fucking stage fright and shit. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah. man, people are real, right? Exactly. You think he's just like this untouchable god and he's just this normal human being who has feelings, like all of us. Yep. Yep. It's and and it and it shows in the music. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's awesome. Man. Well, thanks for being vulnerable with that. That's that's yeah, a, for sure. a good answer to that question you know um and then but, uh, yeah the last the second question my family mm-hmm. I mean, my family you know growing up it was it was a peaceful trauma-free childhood i grew up in this cool little neighborhood i walked to my school i went to a public school but there was only like 10 kids in my class because it was a hundred year old schoolhouse in this little town and so yeah man it was just like come home when the street lights oh no there weren't any street lights come home when it's dark <laughs> you know <laughs> playing the creek all day and yeah yeah and bmx bmx biking and building jumps and we couldn't skateboard because there wasn't enough pavement so we all bmx biked out in the field yeah. and my parents were hippies so they wouldn't allow me to have a motorcycle so i didn't get one of those till i was 18 there you go <laughs> and uh, yeah i was devastated but they probably saved my life yeah thanks you know, and then I got one recently and almost killed myself. I'm like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> she was right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, my parents just instilled um, peacefulness and love in my sister and I, you know, and growing up and just you know, not to judge people. And we traveled. They took us to Mexico starting when we were really little kids. Mm-hmm. We'd go for weeks and just go around into these villages because my mom um, is an artist and collects Mexican folk art and stuff. And she would, this was before the internet. I'm, I'm like yeah. eight years old. And we would go to these villages in the middle of nowhere in like Michoacan or Oaxaca. And she had written the artist or something and would go and buy these pieces, you know. Oh, wow. And we would go meet families and, you know, dirt floors and, you know, mm-hmm. like see how other people live mm-hmm. and see that they're happy without all the material things that we have. Exactly. And taught me taught me that you don't need all that stuff in life to be happy mm-hmm. at a very young age. So I think that's one of the most beautiful things my parents did um, for my sister and I was traveled and took us to these places and uh, taught us empathy, you know, love. So I love that. Pretty cool. Yeah. Shout out, shout out to your parents. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, we need more of that. My, my dad might watch this. Like he usually watches my podcast. So, Hey dad, if you're watching. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, you did it <laughs> you, you did it um, yeah yeah no that's that's so cool like um you don't hear that a lot these you know uh, t- well in any era that there was a mostly trauma-free family and who yeah there was no there together. was no screaming yelling my parents were still together i mean dude congrats i don't know what to say i, I just got lucky that's got awesome lucky. no yeah. i mean more people should uh i mean it's unfortunate. Like I, I have a broken home. Uh, I come from a broken yeah. home. I mean, I'm, I'm married with kids, but right. growing up, it was very traumatic. So it's good to yeah. hear stories. I love to hear people's experiences and stories that are in a positive pathway. So, well, I have yeah. a broken now. So I, you know, and it's yeah. interesting. Um, I was talking to my mom after my divorce a few years ago and 
I have a really big family. I have a ton of cousins. I only have one sister, but I have like 20 cousins and uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. multiple generations. And almost everybody's still married. Like after like 20 years, it's like me and one cousin were like the black sheep who are divorced and have the broken homes. But my mom goes, don't feel bad. 50% of people who get married get divorced. She goes, our yeah. family is the weird one that stayed together. I go, oh, okay. She said, it's totally normal. You know, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was... It's it sucks that that's such a, a ratio, I guess, but like, it, it does. It sucks, but it's just reality. And I'm a numbers guy. I'm a science guy, so it's like, okay, those just them's the numbers. <laughs> that's the numbers. They don't lie. Them's the numbers. They um, don't lie. Yeah, I'm just man. I'm part of a statistic. <laughs> I guess it's good. We that it's good for you to still be able to find joy and and peace in these days, and you know, after having some trauma. But you know, yeah, that was my trauma. I didn't have it in childhood. I had my adult trauma kid right worse. yeah no but me and my ex-wife we get along fine and you know okay fine. yeah, yeah everything's peaceful there it just it just didn't work so right okay yeah oh man well i totally appreciate this conversation chuck this is yeah amazing. you do josh it was yeah. really important i, uh, I, where, I, I like, I like vibes bro <laughs> <laughs> positive vibes bro positive um, where where can people like find you and your music and stuff like that online so yeah right now it's you know it's chuck robertson and friends on instagram and facebook and i have a website i believe chuck robertson and friends.com okay that my my wonderful friends made me and then yeah so we're gonna go from there like when the kickstarter ends um that will be my home base and yeah i will set up a a cool little bodega that you will be able to order vinyl and t-shirts and stuff from okay yeah off my website and but yeah we're just gonna keep rolling yeah it's september 2nd we start in san diego and we're playing yeah like eight or nine shows california first week of september come come see chuck robertson and john snodgrass go hang we're gonna have pizza and beer we're gonna have pizza and beer (laughs) no i'll be i'll be at the san diego one for sure i'm close to the casbah so that's cool oh cool dude come say hi at the casbah that'd be great heck yeah um yeah and then what any plans for mad caddies also. Mad Caddies, uh, first show, Punk Rock Bowling, uh, Vegas, except end of September. Caddies are getting back together. And then Hello. we're playing um, Denver, Colorado. What's up? Uh, October 30th. And then next year, we've got all the tours getting booked. So nice. we're back. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yes. Well, this has been amazing. And um, thanks for your time. I think. Yeah, gonna... thanks for your time and your support. I really appreciate it, man. Totally. I'm going to, I'm going to wrap it up and then I'm going to, oh yeah, I'll, I'll probably play, I'll probably put some of your music on at the end too. So like, oh, cool. Um, I'll figure that, figure that well, if you want to, if you have a suggestion to put something on or I'll just pick something, you know? Yeah. Just pick something. Just pick something. They're all good. Right. <laughs> no, I just, I don't like to pick the songs. Like, all right, I like I'll the, do it. I like the DJ selector to pick the songs. <laughs> well, I'll figure it out. Yeah. But okay. Well, thanks for your time, Chuck. We'll talk soon. Yeah. Thanks, Josh. Peace Much out. love, brother. Bye. Okay. well i told you we had joy we had fun we had seasons in the sun chuck robertson what a guy thanks for talking to me sir can't wait for your new album to come out july 9th chuck robertson and friends get your stuff there's a kickstarter um i'll put i'll put all the links in the show notes you know i always do i always got you with those links um and I'm going to play some of, one of his new songs from the new record coming out on July 9th. I am going to play Mountain Flowers, and I think you're going to like it. Don't forget to get your tickets to the Casbah if you're in San Diego, September 2nd. Chuck Robertson and friends will be at the Casbah with the mighty 
John Snodgrass. What a show. Do not miss that show. Shows are coming back. And this is one that's going to be so fun. And uh, if I see you there, we're going to probably have some high fives and cheers and all that stuff. So, yeah, it's just you're, I think you're going to like this music. If you like if you already know who John Snodgrass is, then you might like this music as well. So you be the judge. The song at the end is Chuck Robertson and Friends. Um, I just want to say thanks for listening again. Shout out to Melanie for hooking this up, hooking up this conversation. And shout out to you, my listeners, as always, because um, you're keeping this thing going. I got more conversations uh, recorded and coming out soon. So stay in tune. Stay in touch. I'm on Instagram at The Family Cast. Support the show if you want at patreon.com forward slash family cast. Essex Coffee Roasters and liquiddeath.com both use code FAMCAST at checkout to receive some goodies, some 10% discount, maybe some fun stuff they'll throw your way. Um, what else? Support your local musicians, support your local artists, support your local artisans, your local chefs, pop ups, all that stuff. Breweries, coffee shops, do all that stuff. Don't forget, Public Square uh, is opening up again this Friday in full. I'll see you there. We'll buy some, I'll buy you some coffee. Uh, what else? What else do I got for you? Um, I don't know. I'm just gonna, I just want to play some music and roll out into the next episode soon. So until then, everybody, thanks once again. Be nice to everybody else out there, please. And be nice to me. I'm sensitive. Well, anyways, I got to go. I'll talk to you soon. Ciao, ciao.
Thanks for listening to The Family Cast. Yeah. <laughs>